0: This is a CBC Podcast. It's June 25th,
1: 1978. San Francisco's Gay and Lesbian Freedom Day Parade is in full swing. There are marching bands, baton twirlers, drag queens, parade floats overflowing with people. Some hold signs made out of bedsheets or cardboard with slogans like I am me and we are your children. Almost a quarter of a million people are in attendance on this day, including Harvey Milk, the first openly gay man elected to a major public office and a champion for gay rights. He sits with his legs dangling inside the sunroof of a car. On his t-shirt are the words... I'll never go back. His smile is wide. His fist is in the air. He looks full of joy. High above the parade waves a flag, newly debuted just that day. It's a simple design. Horizontal stacked lines of pink, red, orange, yellow, green, turquoise, indigo, and violet. The pride flag was born. The idea for the flag was Harvey's. He asked a friend, a designer, Gilbert Baker, to conceptualize a symbol to represent the gay community. Baker set to work alongside some volunteers and dyed each strip of the flag individually in large trash cans. The flag was an immediate success, so much so that Baker had to outsource to a company to keep up with demand. The flag has changed over the years, going from the original eight colors to six... Baker said he picked a flag, because they symbolize power. It means something when you choose to fly one. But the same can be true when you choose not to fly one. I'm Phelan Johnson, and this is Hell of a Story. Across Canada, things get a little more colourful every June. Rainbow flags fly above libraries, schools, and even the Parliament buildings, all in support of the queer and trans community. In Norwich, Ontario, you will see pride flags flying, but you won't see any on municipal property, and that's causing a division in the small town. Katie Nicholson takes us there.
2: A quiet Sunday morning along a tree lined slice of small town Ontario birds singing leaves rustling in the breeze on the lawns of well-kept homes it's peaceful but won't be for long across the street outside a local church a protest is about to kick off
3: we're sort of at the back entrance of the netherlands reform congregation and what is your plan here this morning i'm going to i guess do a topless protest while they are coming in
2: The two women are upset with what they see as open hostility from the church toward the local LGBTQ community. On its website, the Netherlands Reformed Congregation states it believes homosexuality, lesbianism and bisexuality are sinful and offensive to God. It also says it believes God forbids any attempt to alter a person's biological gender. It's not the only church in town with those views, but the congregation has become the target of protesters.
3: I have a family member who's trans, and I've always sort of had the inclination that any marginalized group um, that's been oppressed needs support.
2: Marta McDonald has never protested anything before. Reserved and thoughtful, she says the thought of taking her shirt off in public terrified her. Jennifer St. Pierre, shivering next to her, says she's a Christian, reads her Bible, and goes to church every Sunday. Just not this church.
1: I'm pansexual, so I have a boyfriend, so at first everyone thought I was straight in town, so I was liked and talked to, and then as soon as they found out that I have dated a you know, mix of different people in the past, um, then they start treating me differently. I'm going to protest this until something changes. This is ridiculous.
2: The Netherlands Reformed Congregation was first established in Norwich in 1949. Residents say religious influences can be seen all around the town. Norwich is home to a private school that serves the Dutch reformed faith community. The stores that line the town's main street close on Sundays in observance of the Sabbath.
3: Why a topless protest? Um, A, because it's legal. um, B, because I know um, that nudity offends them. um, So... I guess I want to be an irritant. I want them to um, contact Town Council and ask Town Council to come up um, with a solution.
2: Marta and Jennifer, along with other supporters and members of the LGBTQ community, are also upset with the Norwich Town Council. Last month, it voted against flying special interest flags from municipal spaces. The bylaw will impact everything from Every Child Matters banners to causes like diabetes awareness but critics say council had one main target, pride flanks. In fact, an earlier proposal for the bylaw specifically named pride flags. Marta says she sees religious influence in the new bylaw, pointing to two petitions submitted to council in favor of the measure, signed by members of the local conservative Christian community.
3: Because I believe that the church um, has an inordinate influence on town council, There is not an arm's-length relationship in terms of um, how the bylaw was rolled out.
2: I emailed and phoned the Netherlands Reformed Congregation, Norwich Mayor Jim Palmer, and John Scholten, the councillor who proposed the bylaw and who has ties to the Dutch faith community. We wanted to know if the church had any influence on the bylaw. They didn't respond. When I approached them in person, they declined interviews. But Councillor Scholten directed me to the public statement he made. When he introduced the bylaw back in April,
0: I believe that to open the door to flying flanks that represent any particular group, organization, or ideology will only divide rather than unite. There would be no end to the requests. This, in turn, would inevitably lead to more disunity and alienation of people.
2: Whatever the reasoning for the bylaw, it's driven a wedge into the small community pitting supporters and opponents of LGBTQ rights against each other.
3: I feel that it's not a safe place for um, young people um, who are um, gay or bi or trans um, in this town because of the um, the attitudes of the church, because of the bylaw that was passed that basically shouted, you are not welcome here.
2: As members of the Netherlands Reformed Congregation filed by in their Sunday best. Marta and Jennifer St. Pierre greet them, topless.
3: I have a sign that says, if you don't like what you see, um, call Town Council, not the OPP. And I have the. Um,
2: the wind grabs at the pride flags Marta and Jennifer have tied around their necks like capes. Wendy Martin, a local candidate with the People's Party of Canada, strides toward them.
4: I find this to be rude, I find this to be disrespectful, but I know you're allowed to protest. This is legal. You can be topless in Canada.
3: I understand they do not want the flag and my boobs in their face, and honestly, this is not comfortable for me, Wendy.
4: Would you like to get together as a community and explain your position and let them explain theirs and let them have their faith, let us have our faith with God? If you knew anything about what's going on, we have attempted that. And no one showed up
5: at the table.
2: Ontario Provincial Police patrol cars slowly roll up and down the street, a sign that tensions have been on the rise. Last year, police investigated when vandals started ripping down pride flags from homes and public spaces in Norwich. Several flags were defaced.
3: I have to say that the congregants filing in were were very respectful. I I didn't um, have any um, negative reactions from them.
2: But, she says, people online have had very different reactions.
3: There were some threats on Facebook um, which were a little frightening to be honest. One person um, said that I was going to be in for a rough ride and that I wouldn't survive unless I had security. Um, And somebody else um, said that there might be a steering accident. But you're still here today? I am. There's a few other people that were going to come out today, but I think that they were scared off by the threats, um, and I don't blame them.
2: One of those people too afraid to come to the protest used to belong to this church.
6: Um, I'm Angel Butine, formerly Angela. That was my birth name. And I'm from the NRC, the Netherlands Reformed Congregation.
2: Angel left Norwich three years ago. They now live in another small town in Ontario, which they asked us not to identify.
6: Growing up, how did you identify? I was female, is how I identified, mostly. And by the time I reached 15 or 16, I knew that I was transsexual, which means I was attracted to any and all genders, because I'm more attracted to the personality than I am to the gender. I care about who you are as a person. And then when I reached about 17 or 18, I kind of realized why I felt so uncomfortable in my body for my whole life, because I'm like, oh, I'm not female. I'm not male either, though. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm neither in both, because some days I feel like presenting female, and others, it's presenting male. What was it like growing up in the church for you? Very uncomfortable and very weird, because by the time I reached, like, age 10 or 11, I started realizing how screwed up the religious views of the church were, and then they started going into their views on abortion, their views on gay people. Anything and everything that would set you apart would make you a horrible, evil Satanist, and that made me just kind of, oh, you're not Christians. Christians are supposed to be full of love and mercy and forgiveness, and they are none of that. They didn't accept, they didn't love, they didn't care, really. It was, if you're different, you're bad.
2: Since Angel left the community and the church, they say they've had little contact with their family.
0: I think these people are overreacting, you know, like they're dominating the town. Everybody has to listen to them. I mean, we have a flag, the Canadian flag, that's all we need. Everybody is included in that, right?
2: Peter Kijvenhoven is part of the Dutch faith community in Norwich, one of the few who agreed to speak to us as he was biking along Main Street. How does it make you feel to see pride flags on municipal structures?
0: I think that shouldn't be. I know they want to be included, but what's the next group, you know, like there's no end to it. They'll they'll never be inclusive this way Mm
7: -hmm. because
0: they they have their own, yeah, their own group and, and it shouldn't be, you know.
2: What is the solution
0: here for for this
2: community? It's very polarized. They
0: they are angry because, in a way, we cannot accept the way they live. I mean, we accept them as people, you know. And um, in God's eyes, everybody's equal, except we're all sinners. Everybody is the same. They're all sinners. Their lifestyle, we cannot agree Mm -hmm. with.
2: Is, Is there a way that the two sides can come together, that this community can bridge the gaps right now? Or...
0: We have to bear each other's burdens and, and we pray for them, for their burden, that they may see how they live, you know, that they live the wrong way.
2: The Netherlands Reformed Congregation is among nearly 300 churches, organizations, and elected officials across the country who signed something known as the Niagara Declaration in the fall of 2020. It lays out their opposition to what they say is state interference in church business. On the Declaration's website, it takes the position that Christian values have been under attack by a cultural shift over the past 60 years, and lists what it calls a series of persecutions like the federal bill to ban conversion therapy, and municipal and provincial bylaws regarding sexuality and gender.
8: When your differences of opinion are so strongly held and are so so corely rooted in someone's identity and things that they can't change, uh, it becomes really hard to kind of bridge that gap.
2: Chris Takis and his husband Scott have lived together in Norwich for 10 years. They came here to help look after Scott's parents, and they decided to stay.
8: I think honestly, like, if the least we can expect from them is to kind of quietly dislike it and be willing to be Christ-like and turn the other cheek and just let us be, um, that's kind of like I would see as a win because that's not the, the energy that we're receiving from them now.
2: Do you even feel comfortable as a couple having a date night downtown?
8: I mean, we get takeout a lot. (laughs) Like, it's, whether it's them looking at us or us looking at them, like, you don't want to, you don't want to create any more hostility than there already is. You want to clear the air.
2: Despite that, Chris especially has taken more of an activist role in the past two years. This is small town Ontario. Why does this, this fight right now in this community matter?
8: Um, because small town Ontario is a place where LGBT youth grow up. Um, there are people right now who are going through puberty, forming their own personal identity and personal idea of who they are. And as that comes to form, I don't want anyone to have to kind of take a step back and be like, oh my God, is there something wrong with me? Do I, do I not deserve to be here because I'm sick and wrong and broken? Like, that's, that's not anything anyone should feel.
2: Some of the loudest supporters of the pride flag aren't members of the queer community themselves, but they are in its corner. Like Alicia Stubbs, one of two councillors who opposed the bylaw.
5: Mr. Mayor, may I just quickly, um, I just want to note... Um, I refuse to participate in this any longer. To the dog whistles and blatant discrimination, I refuse to participate in this. To the hypocrisy of decisions made for peace while many citizens feel fear. To the lack of leadership by this council that panders to religious groups, I refuse to participate in this. In conclusion, I have some advice. Have the same concern for people as you do for roads.
2: Stubbs handed in her resignation the night of the vote on May 23rd. She believes the views of churches like the Netherlands' Reformed congregation seeped into the council's bylaw.
5: I think that it's difficult to not see it if you live here. It's existed for a long time because our religious community is very like, strong and vocal and powerful and influential and successful. So they hold lots of power and a lot of different Spaces and arenas, and so and have been very vocal against the pride flags and any of anybody within the, the queer community.
2: And so I but think speaking out has made some people feel like targets in the small town. People who've put up pride flags have had them stolen since the bylaw was passed, sometimes repeatedly. Alicia worries about escalation.
5: I am nervous. Like I think, like the thefts and things like that are awful. But like my concern is like, what's the next step? Right? Like I just don't know. And I think some of those. Unknowns or like potential possibilities are like very scary because who knows how much someone can hate somebody and and what that would lead them to do.
7: But some,
2: like Vic Whitcroft, remain fearless.
7: I am a one man pride parade. I take my mobility scooter, as I don't walk very well, and I go downtown and fly a flag. Vic grew
2: up in Norwich and stayed to raise his own family here. It's also where he and his wife have chosen to ride out their retirement. Vic parks his scooter in the shade along Main Street, gripping a pride flag, waving it around for all to see.
7: The flag is not about being gay. It's not about sex. It's about human rights and what needs to happen so that everybody can be equal. And that's why I go downtown and fly the flag. I want to be down there and make it known that I support the LGBTQ community. And uh, it's, it's the right thing to do. I don't know why everybody can't see that.
2: You've been, you know, you've put the flag up yourself on your own property. Just tell me what, what you've had to deal with because
7: of that. Well, we've had lots of different incidents. We had a, a dead skunk thrown on the lawn. We've had a couple of flags stolen. We've had uh, a house shot up.
2: That attack was caught on a surveillance camera outside his home. A pickup drives back and forth, peppering his house with pellets.
7: Luckily, no one was injured, and it wasn't a real high-caliber gun, so nothing really seriously got damaged other than the window. I do have people that are afraid to come here because they're afraid that something might happen.
2: How does this end?
7: I don't see an end to it right away. Um, And either way it's going to end, someone's not going to be happy. So whether the divide continues or whether we can come to some terms that will put that, you know, bring that that together is a good question. I don't know.
2: How do people actually hear one another? Is that possible right now?
7: That's not possible right now. No one at this point wants to hear. Everyone at this point, including myself, unfortunately, have... uh, An opinion that is carved in stone and until we can reach an agreement or you know sit down and at least talk to each other in a meaningful way uh, it's not going to happen. The divide is going to continue.
2: On the other end of Main Street at Norwich United Church, a different set of beliefs. Pride flags waving inside the church, and out. After the service, a pride march. Dozens of church members and allies walk up and down the main street. you want to lead? Vic can lead. Led by Vic. Okay. You lead. In his mobility scooter. All around the tiny town, pride flags hang from homes and sympathetic businesses. Chalk rainbows scrawled on the pavement. Small gestures, really, but so meaningful for those like Angel Butine, who felt they had no choice but to leave both the church and the town.
6: Honestly, it's it's a little overwhelming. I don't like to process it fully because if I keep thinking about it, I'm just going to spend three days crying. It means way too much because as a kid we didn't have those options. We didn't get to run to someone else's house if we needed a safe place to go because there was no rainbow flags. There was nobody going, oh, hey, we'll accept you. We'll help you. And with these flags, it's a huge, huge sign going, hey, I am here for you. I'm a safe place. This is where you can come.
2: Do you think that this is going to make a difference, this visibility, um, this groundswell in Norwich?
6: I think people in the church, especially if they're hidden gaze or closeted at this moment, they see this stuff and they go, oh, my God, If this actually works, I might be able to come out. And sometimes, yeah, I miss the comfort of church, but I'd much rather be myself than have to go and abide by someone else's rules every day. Do you see a way
2: forward where pride is welcomed within the community or tolerated
6: more than it is right now? I really hope so, because in my opinion, it's a lot of the older generation influencing the newer generation. And once that happens, I'm hoping the younger generation will actually be able to realize that they need to change with the times, and that they can't just stay stuck in the old ways because those aren't acceptable. That's you can't live your life like that. It's just not going to work. Sermon today, uh,
9: full of humor, full of joy, full of hope, and the United Church, of course, and of course for them installing this amazing
3: flagpole so we actually can have a progress pride flag flying downtown Norwich, Ontario. Yeah, okay.
2: The United Church isn't just hosting pride marches; it's hoisting pride flags. Its new flag now flies not far from municipal poles, where rainbow banners were ripped down last year. It's unlikely Norwich's pride divide will be bridged anytime soon. But despite how unwelcome the flag ban has made them feel, Scott and Chris Takis say they aren't going anywhere and will keep fighting.
8: I've always been six foot three and hefty. But it's not us that we're worried about. It's the ones that don't know what to do, don't know what to say, don't know where to go. If one child in this community who's grappling with their identity sees that flag and realizes that like, hey, I'm, I'm worth something and I'm okay, then that is worth absolutely every single adult in this town feeling uncomfortable every day of the month, any day.
1: That doc was produced by Katie Nicholson and John Chipman. Now let's head to the other side of the country, to the city of Coquitlam in B.C., for a very different pride flag story. Last fall, the Gay-Straight Alliance at Charles Best Secondary School in Coquitlam were asking why their city didn't have a pride parade or raise a pride flag. When they asked City Council to raise a flag at City Hall for Pride 2023, they were told it couldn't happen. The city had a policy that meant a flag could not be raised. The students were discouraged, but they didn't take no for an answer.
9: Well, in my mind, when I am teaching students to have a voice, and I know it can be incredibly intimidating to go against a government body, um, is I kept reminding students, we're not wrong. What we're asking for is not out of reach for us. Um, It is absolutely appropriate what we are asking. My name is Megan Leslie, and I am a teacher at Dr. Charles Best Secondary, where I am also the sponsored teacher for the Gay Start Alliance. Well, the first thing we did was um, to reach out to people who have done the work before us the larger organizations like Vancouver Pride Society and Surrey Pride Society. And we actually, over the Christmas break, we had Zoom meetings with their board members, and they taught us that what we need to do is prove that there is a need and a want in our city. Uh, and so that was our next plan of action. It's like, well, how do you do that? How do you prove that the citizens of Coquitlam need and want a Pride event?
4: We did research on their uh, initiatives like the uh, EDI initiative, the Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. They wanted to expand that initiative but wouldn't throw a pride event. Hi, I'm Samara Swarovski. I'm a grade 11 student at Charles Best Secondary School and I am part of the GSA Gay-Straight Alliance. We asked like neighboring cities how much it costs for them to put Uh, Pride event on which was I think about
9: $10,000 and so like after school I would sit at the front of my classroom with my laptop projecting it and we would start uh, writing writing our PowerPoint and our presentation so that everything that we were asking um, was already in line with existing city policy. So in the new year, we put an application in to the city clerk's office to appear as a delegation. Next item on the agenda is delegation from Dr. Charles' best secondary school students uh, regarding requests to fly pride flag and regarding pride event. In our delegation, you can come forward. (laughs) Our expectations uh, were very high. Uh, We had a lot of support. You may begin when you're ready.
4: We were pretty confident that they were going to put up the Pride flag outside uh, the City Hall. We were just a little unsure uh, whether they would say yes to the Pride event. A Pride in the Park event scheduled for an afternoon on a weekend with a drag variety show would be the ideal event. We understand that we are welcome to apply... Through-
9: we had our presentation ready with all our facts. We had multiple letters of uh, support from various commuter leaders and organizations, and we had about 100 allies with us also in the council chambers.
4: In the absence of a Pride Society in the Tri-Cities, we need the city to step up and fill in the gap.
9: Four students made the presentation to City Hall, and we had five minutes to prove our case.
4: Hoisting the Pride flag and organizing a Pride event will meet the goal of continuing to demonstrate excellence through leading by example and promoting best practices in the municipal sector.
9: And they nailed it. Thank you so much. And once they had finished their five minutes, each of the city council members individually voiced their unanimous Come support. Door. This is about doing what's right.
3: You'll never regret stepping
9: up and being a voice. But we should be moving the needle faster to where you don't have to be coming you know, before us.
4: I feel so grateful, so excited for our Pride event that's July 15th now, and it's more of a statement that everyone is welcome.
9: Pride is more than just a flag. Uh, Pride is a sense of safety. I'm really looking forward to seeing a future in Coquitlam where everybody, um, is happy, safe, and thriving.
1: That piece was produced by Tanera McLean. And that's it for this week's Hell of a Story today, and for the season. We'll be back in the fall with stories from the Audio Doc Unit. The show is produced by Tanera McLean, Julia Poggle, and me. We're part of the CBC Audio Doc Unit. And hey, if you like what you're hearing on Hell of a Story, why not hit subscribe, save to your favourites, tell a friend about us. We'd really appreciate it. I'm Phelan Johnson, Niawa Goa, and thanks for listening.